Hello, everybody, and welcome to Amaze on Stream. I am the host, Melissa Simonson. I am so excited today to introduce you guys to Mitchell, um, who is with Pierce Capital. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to dive in today to get to know you a little bit better because I've seen you around the space. I've seen, um, you know, we, we personally have gotten to know each other fairly well, um, but I want to make sure that everyone else gets a chance to know you because there's always this sort of um, missing element, I think, between the computer screen and the marketing for the business versus the actual people who, um, who customers end up working with. So um, if you're ready for it, let's dive right in. Let's do it, Melissa. Okay. So Mitchell, I would love to learn a little bit more about um, your past influences and how you sort of went from where you started and your childhood influences even, and how that led you to where you are at today. So where are you originally from, if I can ask? I am originally from Brooklyn, New York, but I moved out to North Jersey in the third grade. So I was raised up in North Jersey in the suburbs. It was fantastic, you know, small school environment. I graduated with 120 kids. But at the end of the day, I always wanted to kind of venture out, do something on my own, go go out of the normal a little bit. Yeah. So I ended up from where I was born, raised in Jersey. I went to big school, Penn State, like really got out of my comfort wow. zone, really went, got out of the bubble and really just tried to spend myself in that environment and see how I could thrive. So you say that that was outside of your comfort zone. Do you consider yourself sort of an introvert or are you um, kind of extroverted and just, you know, a big city was a different approach um, from where you grew up? I think I come across as very extroverted. I, I love, I do love people. I love hanging out, but at the same time, I also like my alone time, like being by myself, getting my own thoughts. So I do have a lot of introverted qualities and going from a small town where, you know, you know, everyone's friends, you know, everyone's family, you know, the gossip, this and that, <laughs> going to such a big school like Penn State and being in the very big environment, you kind of get lost. Yeah. So I really want to see how I would adapt to that environment, how I would from a scholastic standpoint, from a friendship standpoint, a standpoint, I really want to see what I can do and how I can really get accustomed to life there. And I really enjoyed my experience there. So I want to ask still sort of back in um, your early days, were you, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? I have a younger sister. She's also at Penn State right now. We have a mm -hmm. five-year age gap and her and I are extremely close. We speak every single day. I do look up to her. It's funny because she would say she looks up to me, but I do look at her up to her a lot and see the way she handles certain situations and how her mind works. And yeah. it really does motivate me to not only be the best big brother in the world, but to be a great role model for her because, yeah. you know, I see how she is with other people and how she is with me. And it just motivates me even further. Oh, that's amazing. I love to hear that. It's, it's so nice, you know, to um, have those, those close family connections that kind of keep you grounded. Exactly. How about um, your parents? Are they are they sort of um, like entrepreneur types? Are they, you know, nine to five, you know, regular, go to school, go to college, go to retirement? No, <laughs> no I a very close relationship with my mom and dad. I, I, like I said, I speak to them every single day. My mom has been working in nine to five her whole life. So that's, she really taught me and understood like the process of a routine getting getting things on time, really how to act in certain environments. My dad is more on the entrepreneurial side where he's very creative and how he goes about his initiatives. 
I really look up to him to see the way his mind works yeah. and to see how he kind of adapts to different situations and the solutions he comes across with. I guess where that's where I get my kind of creative juices flowing. And it's a good combination because I get my creativity from one side and then I get my diligence and like nine to five mentality from another. So it's a good mesh between yeah, the two. Yeah, sounds like a really good balance. Um, you yeah. know, I know that a lot of people who have like both entrepreneurs for parents, um, you know, sometimes that leads to like, okay, you know, you have a whole different worldview, I think, than people who have um, just, you know, sort of 95 parents and heavy influences for making sure that you're, you know, you have a salary you can rely on and, you know, things like that. That's sort of the standard way of doing things. Um, and I think that it tends to either have um, one of two effects. You either really are like, okay, I can do this as an entrepreneur, or you're like, risk aversion. <laughs> I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure that I'm, I'm doing things in a non-risky way. So that's, it's very interesting um, to hear that you had kind of this balance. So you could see both sides of things. Uh, it, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool for me. Like I, I love to kind of put myself in situations where to see if I, I how I'm going to react. And I like the fact that I have two sides in the back of my brain or genetically inherent in me, or I could see like, all right, this is how like the creative side would be. This is the entrepreneurial route. Like, but wait a minute, let's, let's look at the risk behind this. Let's analyze it from a step-by-step -step basis. And that's where I get it from mom. And it, it really has helped me and put me in the place I am today. That's amazing. So when you were going to school and um, so you moved to New Jersey when you were three and then you're going to school in this small town, did you have plans to go to college after that? Or were you thinking maybe I'll start my own thing? What, what were your intentions when you were kind of growing up? I always wanted to go to college. I just never knew where I wanted to go. And the reason being is I just wanted to get out of the small town environment and just see what else is out there. I always knew I wanted to work and be an entrepreneur in my own mind, but I wanted that experience of college to really not only ground me, but teach me like certain life lessons that'll help me grow. I mean, college is all about the experience. I mean, you could get your education, you could get everything else, you could go out, have a great time, but you really learn a lot about yourself and you can reflect a lot about yourself and see really how you grew and mature as a human being, as a person. And I really enjoyed the fact, looking back on it now, I really loved my four years at school because I really think it taught me a lot of different life lessons that I still carry with me today and I'm still working on things I, I don't know at all yeah uh, <laughs> but I was able to see certain flaws or positive features around myself that I was able to either try to fix or grow on it's very interesting isn't it in like these different environments that you find yourself in whether it's college or a new job or moving to a new city or something like that you can see yourself through other people's eyes and sometimes that reflection helps you decide then who you are or want to become yes I know. Sure. it is yeah what would you say is one of the biggest things that you took away from your four years at college aside from you know the education but in kind of learning about yourself what do you think that would be I, I really enjoyed on a business standpoint, uh, speaking to others. And I think my major helped me understand that my major was labor employment relations, which is a fancy way of saying HR management. And I really enjoyed the fact that I was able to give presentations and talk to people. And my grade was based on how I communicated with others and how I presented certain things. So I think that aligns well with sales and really partnerships and marketing in of itself because it's all human facing it's you're really yeah. trying to understand the person behind the screen and you're really trying to not only present your product your service but yourself my major helped me do that I was able to win people over with myself and my personality I think that was the biggest takeaway I got from school which 
helped me get to, I guess, where I am. That's amazing. It's it's amazing because what you kind of get this insight in yourself and you're like, okay, this is something I really need to lean into because this not only does it make me feel good and it's fun um, because it feels like winning, but also it's giving me these other, you know, additional benefits. And I think a big one there is you can see the power of a network. And if you are good at building a network and, and relationships, that's something that uh, once you see the power of that, then you're like, I'm leaning in, I'm leaning in hard. <laughs> No, of course. I mean, networking is probably one of the most important, if not the most important thing in business, in my yeah. opinion, to be completely honest. Talking to people, meeting people, having conversations. I mean, you don't know who knows who or what can lead you to where. And yeah. I think that's kind of scary, but exciting at the same time, because one great conversation could lead to a hundred great conversation. You could have a hundred bad conversations, but that shouldn't dismotivate you from going out there and talking to people and meeting others. Just a matter of picking at it and going. Yeah, well, and I think that there's always something that you're learning, even when, you know, if the conversation goes badly or something, there's still something that you're getting out of that, like, maybe I shouldn't have approached it this way, or maybe in this particular context, uh, that was the wrong question. <laughs> Of course, so I I, everything, everything is a learning experience, right? A hundred bad conversations. Hey, you might be saying something wrong. You might not like your jab. So it's just a matter <laughs> of going at it and fixing it and seeing how you can mature and be better. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of maturing, right? Is having those experiences that don't go well, because I think one thing that does not get enough credit in this world for its awesomeness and, and lately, I guess it has, but in failing, um, when you have to reflect on, you know, what to do differently and stuff like that, there's there's the element of how to change it going forward. But I think the biggest part that people miss out on and don't give enough credit is you have that experience now. And now going into the next ones, you know the worst thing that could happen. And that confidence actually gives you a better chance in the next one, even if you have the exact same, you know, script or, um, you know, type of person you're talking to, if everything else is the same, that level of confidence I think you get from knowing like, even if this goes bad, I can still carry on. <laughs> exactly. exactly, it's a reassurance. Yeah, that's right. So, um, okay, so you go to Penn State, you had four years, you learned a lot and um, you sort of were learning more about your strengths. What did you um, wanna do after college? Did you have plans already? I knew I wanted to be in sales. I just did not know what I wanted to sell. Right. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out what the best product or service is. And I actually, for the first year, I was selling insurance because I really was into cyber insurance. Yeah. The whole, I, I didn't experience great amount of success. And that's because I, I just don't think I was prepared for what right. I was going out there. And then during the whole COVID outbreak, I, I started asking some friends who were in the e-commerce industry, really what their thoughts were, what was going on. Mm. And one of my friends was working for an aggregator at the time. And I asked them a simple question. Does anyone lend out money to these guys? Yeah. And he's like, oh, one or two companies. Then my mind started racing. That's where the entrepreneurial side of me kind of came out where I was like, oh, wow, there's a huge opportunity for this. Yeah. I, we, I, I ended up parting with my other job. And then I started working with Pierce and presenting them this opportunity of, hey, you guys have been in this space for eight years, nine years now let's let's go out and grab some of this market share right now with e-commerce the covid yeah. pandemic fueled the e-commerce industry so oh. many so many people started shopping not only shopping online but figuring out different ways of creating passive income for themselves starting to go on amazon and selling walmart etsy whatever the case may be and it really presented a great opportunity and i learned a lot about myself not from just a 
how, how do you market and sell a product, but how do you create a marketing plan? How do you create a sales process? How do you understand the risk exposure? How do you mm-hmm. analyze data? And this was really, it was really exciting. I'm still learning about it right now. I'm learning a lot about myself every single day, every month. Like I love to do every, at the end of the month, just take a, take a step back. Yeah. Or all my goals. What did I accomplish? How did I do this? How did I do that? What was I good at? What was I bad at? How can I improve myself? And it's a still, it's a learning process. That I'm really excited to keep on moving forward. So I, I want to ask, um, when you are, so you're learning about, um, you know, e-commerce, you have some friends that are in that and you're getting some feedback from them. Was there someone in particular that you knew at Pierce? Was that how you made that jump or were you just kind of looking for opportunities and that's how you came across them? Well, I interned for Pierce for two years out of college uh, when I was uh-huh. in college. Mm-hmm. So I interned, I was an underwriter at Pierce, which means I was analyzing a lot of the risk. I wasn't on the sales side. I was just the numbers guy on the back end. And I did that for two summers. And I was able to eventually get myself to the point where I was able to price out some deals. Right. And what happened is I really wanted to be in sales because I knew that's where my mind is going to be. That's where I knew I could use all my, my strengths to my advantage. So I didn't go back to Pierce after college. And then after that first year when I was selling the insurance, I reached back out to the the members at Pierce. And I was like, hey, I have this idea. We know each other. Why not see if this is something that could work? And then through some presentations, some phone calls, it all made sense. And we got the ball rolling. Yeah. And so this, it's a very exciting thing because this company, they have been in the finance space for a while, um, but they really hadn't um, leaned into e-commerce, which as you pointed out in 2020, extremely uh, important to start getting into this area that was absolutely explosive in 2020 and continues to grow now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, Pierce has been around in the financial game. They've, They've been funding for eight eight years but you know never really and i was having conversations with them hey if you guys worked with a lot of amazon sellers and eh, not so many not so many shopify and eh, not so many not so many why not and that's really what the question was why not why not go and grab some of the market share right now why not go and try to provide some sort of solution for these guys yeah. go in there work with them partner with them you could, we could help them grow and then yeah. that was what's really exciting about it because we're not just some funding company where we want to really help people grow. And that's where mm-hmm. I came in and we just started going from there. Yeah, well, especially it sounds like since you have some friends in e-commerce, then you're trying to think maybe from a seller's perspective, like how how are they going to be approaching this and what is the best way maybe to um, to provide a solution from what you already knew in turning at Pierce and you know everything about funding and, and doing the number side of the loans and then translating that into like for sellers, you know, what do they really need? And what in in looking at that, um, what what do you think you concluded? Like what do you think is um, sort of the the biggest thing that's a pain point for sellers right now in the finance area uh, when they're looking to um, you know maybe, I mean, stock is obviously an issue um, and cash flow is always an issue, but in, in those terms, what do you think their biggest pain point is that you guys help solve? Sellers have to fill their purchase orders. every like Their average lead times are between 90 to 100 days. And yeah. we come in there and we are like, hey, we can flow you some capital. And then part of our programs is every time these 90 days come up and you have a new in batch of inventory you want to fill, we can help you. And then yeah. they, it helps their cash flow a lot. I mean, guys have come up to me like, hey, this has really helped. This has worked. Like, 
We're not stressed. We're able to buy the inventory we need. We were able to expand. Our profit has actually gone up. Our sales have increased. And that's very reassuring. Uh, reassuring. That's very warming to me. Like I get a great satisfaction speaking to people that I've helped in the past knowing, hey, like you use this to your advantage. You're really making the best of this. You are the entrepreneur in and of itself. You're, you're, we're just here to give you that little push. You need this, we'll give you that push. But it's really all on you to really go out there expand your business and it's awesome when you hear these success stories of sellers like hey like we were able to do this and that and here we were able to expand here and there it's, it's fantastic yeah so i want to know it was there any time during you know sort of your um growing up and then going into your college years and starting with insurance were there any times you know, that you had some self-doubt, any times that you were not sure that you were on the right path or that you were making the right choices for, for your future or for what you wanted to do or where you wanted to end up? Yeah, I, I was, I had a lot, a little bit of self-doubt in my first year kind of selling insurance because I, I thought I was going about it the right way. I was going to a few different networking events and I think I was getting laughed out of the room a little bit. I'm, I'm, he was usually the youngest guy in the room and I didn't right. think a lot of people took me as serious as I would hope so and it really put a lot of like self-doubt in my in me yeah. hey am I really supposed to be here did, did they take me seriously and right. I started asking my dad and that that came down a trickle down it was like a trickle down effect for me and it, it didn't really make me feel as great but yeah. at the end of the day it just you got to take take the take with the punches and you just got to go and mm -hmm. move forward and just figure out how to make yourself better how do you walk into a room and demand attention or and just be noticed and really have people take you seriously? And I just was prepping myself and yeah. kept going and going and going. I never stopped networking and everything worked itself out. I mean, everyone, there's a plan for a reason, whether it was insurance, but it led me to here. It led me, it led me to the situation I'm in right now. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, with self-doubt or with, you know, failures and things that kind of cause you to look inward there's um, this, the trickle down effect. I, I love the way you put that because there's something that happens when maybe, um, maybe it's the reactions or the body language or, you know, the feedback that you're getting from the other people. Maybe it's your own self-doubt as you enter the room, but then there's sort of this cascade of events that happens where you start the self-doubt and then that leads to lower confidence. And then when you're entering the room, then um, you're more likely to get that end result um, than, you know, if you start with confidence, as you said. So I think it's very smart that you were able to quickly, you know, pull from that a lesson where, you know, you have to own the room, you walk in and the people who are ready to receive that message and who will benefit from it, they're gonna, they're gonna be fine. And the people who um, don't wanna hear it and are not into it, that's also okay. I think that that's a really hard truth to come to. Um, you know, it's, it's something I'm actually trying to teach my 10 year old son, like, it's okay, whatever it is, that's what it is. And then you just work with what it is. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it sounds so cliche, right? But it's yeah. so true. You just got to roll with the punches. It is what yeah. it is. And you just got to move forward, just figure it out. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I think especially, uh, and the reason why I ask these kinds of questions in this podcast is because it's very common to feel, you know, this pressure to put on a front that everything is coming up roses and you know you've got aces only in your in your deck and um and that you know there's no failures in your past and um you know it's there's a pressure because you either representing a company or representing yourself as an entrepreneur in you know the amazon selling world or e-commerce 
there's a lot of other people who you're trying to stack yourself up against and measure your your level of knowledge and expertise and validate yourself. And I think that, um, you know, we fall into this trap, especially with social media, where, you know, we take our worst day and, you know, the, the least amount of knowledge in whatever area. And we compare that to what we see on social media and what we hear on stages with people who are clearly experts who have worked on, you know, a presentation for months and, and we compare like, oh, I had this conversation. I knew this much about it. And I, I totally trashed that whole conversation. And then, you know, compare it to somebody who has prepared for months and they're up on a stage. And it's, it's crazy that we, we use um, these kinds of comparisons that are obviously so, <laughs> you know, not uh, balanced in, exactly. in their representation. Um, so I, I appreciate you getting personal with me about that because I know it's it's harder to talk about um, it's harder to talk about times when you doubt yourself. It's harder to talk about times when you fail at a task and be open about that. But I think it's important for the people who listen to know that whoever it is that they're seeing on you know the Facebook groups for e-commerce and on uh, podcasts and stuff like this, everybody has these struggles, and it is important to have the struggles so that you can learn and come out the other side. Of course, and whoever is listening, I hope I hope you I can get, I can inspire someone. Yeah, absolutely. So, what would you want to leave um, sellers with? What would be a message that you want to let them know about, um, you know, the maybe the difficulties they face, something that you um, maybe you have learned that you want to leave with them? I would want sellers to understand that, hey, it's. It's gonna. It's tough sometimes, but if you want to expand, if you want to go to the next route, you want to do something. There, there's a, there's a solution for you, and you should just never stop or doubt yourself in any such way. You could find out the right path and the right people to really help guide you to where you want to be. And I guess I could take away from like my life or just the people that have influenced me. There are going to be roadblocks in every single situation, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be cement cemented in there. There's always mm -hmm. obstacles, and there's always things that are going to come up that you might not have fun experiencing yeah. but you just still keep moving forward and just figure it out <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, you said it it is what it is and there's going to be a solution there's going to be a that person that you're going to meet or talk to and have a conversation with that's going to direct you to the right place and the end goal there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel oh, my, i love that that's my, so great no and i think you're absolutely right because i think we fall into a trap really of looking at the current situation like this is this is up to the current moment this is the the end of my story so far and when this is like this is how this is where i'm at today this is what i've accomplished so far um that is like that's the last page that's been written so far and so it is very easy for us to say like this is where i ended up without taking into account where you still have left to go and you know the trajectory that maybe you are on if you can you know get that motivation back and that, um, you know, kind of redirect yourself a little bit. So I think it's really important to say, this is not the last page. The next page is going to be sunny and bright and maybe a few unicorns, but that's just in my pages. <laughs> some unicorns, some bright blue skies. It's not going right. to be all gray and rainy. It won't be. Yeah, it won't be, but, but it is great to know, you know, people like you, people like me, you know, some of the e-commerce giants, they have all had rainy days and no unicorns prancing, like nowhere to be found. So I think it really is, it's important, especially, um, I, I feel like social media right now is very per pervasive in um, the um, 
the impression it leaves people with and the, the damaging um, perspective it gives people, which I think is a false perspective of, of reality. Um, yeah. I mean, so. yeah, social media could be beauty, it could, it could be a beast, right? It sounds yeah. very cliche, what I just said, but I mean, there is some great positives to it, but there are also <laughs> some horrible negatives to it. And yeah. it's just a matter of like going through the waters and seeing what's good, what, what you should believe, don't believe, but it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to make sure that we're adding in, you know, a little spice of truth in there and a little bit of, you know, reality so that people know that, you know, they're not alone. Uh, so thank you so much, Mitchell. I really appreciate you getting personal and sharing some of your backstory and your um, personal life with, with us here on Amaze on Stream. Um, Mitchell, how do people reach you if they wanted to chat with you about Pierce Capital or get to know you a little bit better personally? They can email me, uh, Mitchell at PierceCapital.com. It's very simple. But uh, yeah, you could email me. We could get, talk it over, grab, go on a phone call. If you're in New York, we get grab a cup of coffee if you want. So that's great as well. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mitchell. I really appreciate your time today. And you guys, we will see you next week on Amaze on Stream. Thank you guys so much. Cheers. Thanks, Melissa. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mitchell.